Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by TickPick. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. Before entering into a world of news and topics we find interesting, here we go. Adam, I want to ask something because so much came out about the Cleveland win, 16-14, and all we read about, and you know, we were among those writing, and I think for the most part it was true. It was a quote-unquote ugly win. They had a lot of things go against them in terms of how they played. They didn't play very well, meaning the Raiders, but in the end they got it done. I want to flip the tables here. You know I'm Mr. Positive about most things. And other than the win, did you walk away from that thinking that this is a team that could potentially win out because you saw something really good? No. No, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. I mean, um, you know, and I, I, I kind of was joking after the game when we talked about it, but um, I, I do think you you come away from that game saying anything can happen, right? I mean, I think that's, that's what you come out of the game saying, and you're like, Okay, I think a lot of people have written the Raiders off and said, "Hey, this you know th- they've played their way out of a playoff position, and right now I think their chances even with that win are at eleven percent." Um, but yeah, you control your own destiny if you win the games. Uh, it's not a hundred percent, but I think they're at like ninety percent chance to make it if they win out. Yeah, um, yeah. So that could happen. And, and this is not like I, I think this could sound. I know it's going to sound like a shot uh, at the Raiders. It's not. It doesn't mean it, but. Let's okay. This game is a very winnable game. It's a pick'em game at home against Denver, a team that you've actually dominated the last three meetings. You can win this game. Then you've got two games left on the schedule, both against very good teams that are in the playoffs. Um, let's just say Jonathan Taylor gets COVID. Like that's not a completely crazy thought against the Colts. And then all of a sudden, the Colts without their best player are a much more beatable team. Now you can beat them straight up anyway. There's a chance you can go into Indianapolis and beat that Colts team that I think right now is the best team in the AFC. There's a chance you can beat them. But I think the the bottom line is anything can happen at this point. We saw what happened to the Browns got completely depleted. Um, we saw just even today as we record this, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings goes on uh, goes on the list. Like any, anything can happen right now in the league. So I think that's an important part of, you know, handicapping that rest of the season and saying, do the Raiders still have a shot? Yeah, of course they do because crazy things are happening right now. So you think I agree with you? They could win out. I think it's going to be a long shot. One one player I want to talk about because you know I said in week two and I said you know when Richie Incognito went down, you know I said you know what I'll believe it when I see it when he's ever back and he never came back. I'm starting to think maybe a little the same thing about Darren Waller um, has not been back to practice. Has only been seen on a on a treadmill. Uh, has the uh, kind of an injury um, that we didn't know a lot about uh, when he got it. Are you concerned at all that this is going to be a Richie Incognito situation and they're just going to play out without Darren Waller? From what you've heard out there, are you under the impression they think he's going to come back? No, I think that they're under the impression that they have no idea. 
I think that's that's where it is right now. And I, I you know, there was an answer from um, Rich Passaccia last week that I think kind of encapsulated um, this situation because you know he was asked, "Is there a concern that Darren Waller's injury is going to is going to linger uh, and that he won't be back?" And he said, "You know, I'm not a doctor." Um, I mean, he, he and I think the context of that was, um, you know, did was this looked at as a complicated injury to to figure out because you guys never put him on the IR. You could have put him on IR. He'd, he'd have missed those three games. Um, and then you wouldn't, you know, you would have had an extra roster spot over this couple weeks. So was it complicated? And you just said, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not sure where he's at. And, and it was, it was also complicated by the fact that, you know, the day after the Cowboys game, he apparently had a really big leap forward where they thought it was going to be really bad. And then they said, okay, it's not as bad as we thought. Um, and so, you know, the, the, it's been a tricky injury uh, to kind of, you know, uh, to navigate and, and tricky to diagnose. Uh, and I don't think they really know. This is a, you know, the injury that he has is not one that's uh, very common. Like you hear all the time, like, you know, ACLs and MCLs and high ankle and low ankle and like all these different injuries that you hear and you kind of have an, an understanding of, okay, this is how long you miss with each of those things. Well, what is this? And this is, this is an IT band or a, yeah. uh, what, a ligament that goes from the hip to the knee. I didn't even know we had these. I probably don't have one because I'm not a professional football player. It's probably only reserved, <laughs> it's probably only reserved for like great athletes. But when I heard that, it sounded really bad because I didn't know what it was. But obviously it's lingering in this guy. And, you know, he's a well-conditioned, high-level athlete. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I, I have I – I think I've heard of that like twice and I don't even remember what the circumstances were. So when you've got injuries to things that we don't even talk about or hear about, yeah, uh, I think it's much more much more tricky uh, to, to figure those things out. And, and also, like, you know, you said we, we seen him on the treadmill one day. We saw him in the pool a couple of days. Uh, he was out on the grass one day uh, running around. But we haven't seen a whole lot of progress forward. So would I be surprised if he's out the rest of the year? No, I, I wouldn't at all. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he plays this week necessarily like I, I just think that they are testing him out every day feeling where he is in his progress and uh trying to see and and now you know like I, I think you you look at it and say you know what is the situation if they lost this week against Denver I would guess that they would completely just shut him down um like yeah. why would you bring him back yeah, if you're so. seven and eight and out of the race like it doesn't make any sense but if you're eight and seven and you're going to play the Colts and you have a chance to you know win your last two games potentially get a playoff berth then Maybe you see where he's at and see if he can get out there. So I, I think a lot will determine on where they feel they are and their chances of, of actually you know finishing out the season uh, with a playoff berth. All right, so they get the Broncos. Uh, they are, I didn't know this till this morning, Vic Fangio. They're 4-1 against Fangio, having outscored them about 28-19 to 19 in those five games. Uh, we saw it earlier in the year, but it's going to be Drew Locke instead of Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, the concussion, and everyone automatically says, oh, it's Drew Locke. This is going to be a Raiders win. He's no good. But bring us up to date because it might be Drew Locke, but he's not going to be throwing against their best corners other than Casey Hayward. And we st- we're starting to hear some names that are a little worrisome to me on the Raiders side of things, no matter if it's Drew Locke or not, in terms of who's going to be covering receivers. Now, if Waller doesn't play, then that's, you know, you're only bracketing Hunter Info and other guys have to step up. But, you know, t- bring us up to date on the corners because I think that's going to be a big deal here. Um, you know, if Drew Locke can actually, you know, drive the ball down the field against us. Yeah, I think I think absolutely uh, there is some concern about what the secondary is going to look like between, you know, potential injuries and more um, pressing at the moment, the COVID issues. Um, not sure if, um, 
you know, they're going to have any further issues because usually we do see like in these position groups, sometimes, you know, a couple of days later, you get more and more positive tests. So uh, right now, you know, I think you're you're looking at uh, hopefully uh, for the Raiders sake, you know, Casey Hayward just locking down one side and then just kind of scrambling with the other guys. And, you know, who can step up between, you know, Amik Robertson and um, just different guys that haven't played a, a strong role, haven't played a massive role on the defensive side of the ball um, for them to, to play much more prominent role here. And we know that the Broncos receivers are incredibly talented. We haven't seen them used a whole lot. We haven't seen them though. I mean, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, uh, Judy, um, we really haven't seen those guys be them lately. Right. Because they've been throwing to guys like Albert O and, and Noah Fant and uh, throwing to their, their backs a lot out of the backfield as well, which, uh, I would, too, if I had those guys in the backfield. I would throw them the ball quite a bit. But you do have inc- incredibly talented receivers that Teddy Bridgewater hasn't really thrown the ball to. I think Drew Locke does. Like, one of the things Drew Locke does, even if he hasn't been consistent and hasn't been, um, you know, the winner that Teddy Bridgewater has, he does take chances and he does throw the ball downfield and he will throw to those big play receivers. So um, I would be certainly a, much more on the lookout uh, if I was the Raiders. For some of these, uh, for some of these receivers to play a much more prominent role, I don't know how much I would look at the Teddy Bridgewater run offense uh, in preparation for this team because Drew Locke plays that offense much differently and uses the weapons uh, much differently. Um, so you know, guys like you know, and don't forget, you know, Roderick Teamer is going to have to play uh, a much bigger role with Jonathan Abram down. Yeah. And, um, Don you know, Levitt. It, yeah, Don Levitt, who has been playing quite a bit, is going to be out there um, even more. Desmond Trufant is going to have to step up and play even more. So, I mean, there, there's guys that are going to have to play a much more prominent role. And, you know, the you know the secondary has been, you know, good but not great. And so th- this is going to be a real strain on them, a real challenge for them to try to step up. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Raiders football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. Do you think, uh, I want to talk to you real quick about before we step on, uh, on Mike Mayock because I think a lot of people are really wondering um, who the GM is going to be this team next year and if they're going to make a change. If you're Mike Mayock, and we were talking about this this morning, is your interview with Mark Davis pretty much putting everything on Gruden and saying he was making all the decisions, I'm going to be different? Yeah, probably. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I would think that Mark Davis has some sort of an, an intimate understanding of what's going on in that room. Like, I don't think he was completely left out of the loop, so I think he would understand who – 
was making decisions and who wasn't and who was making the decisions on the guys that worked out and who wasn't. Um, and we don't know that. And I think everybody has their opinions on that. I'm, I'm sure everyone listening who's a Raiders fan is like, the good picks were Gruden's and the bad picks were Mayox or, or the right. other way or, around. Or, or, or the opposite or the opposite. Uh, right. Or yeah, the other way around. And I'm sure that's what Mayock would, would claim if you, um, you know, sat him down and if you were trying to interview him for why you deserve this job, I'm sure you claim that. And I, I don't know that it's not true. Like, I'm not saying he's just saying that it's very possible that, you know, he was the one fighting for guys like, you know, Hobbs and Crosby and some of these late round steals. And that Gruden was the one making the picks for the, you know, the number one picks and the number two picks that have flamed out and the, you know, Damon Arnett's and the, you know, Tanner Muse and, and the, uh, you know, the, just the, the questionable selections, the Lynn Bowdens uh, that have been made along the way. So the clean curl um, at number four overall. Sure, well, he's a great special teams player. Right? Yeah, he is. But, um, you know, Henry Ruggs is a different. That's a different issue. From yeah, completely about. different issue. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what that's what the claim would be from from Mike Mayock's perspective. And um, I think Mark Mark Davis has a decision to make. Of you know, was it was it just Gruden making the bad selections and Mayock made good ones and. You know, because again, let's just reiterate: they haven't all been bad. Some of them have been very, very good, and so I think if you could channel the good selections and make more of those, uh, they'd be in a much better position. And maybe that's what Mac was doing, and that's what that's what Mark Davis has to decide. But I think the bigger issue would just be: this has been a very, but through some issues of your own and some that aren't. So we mentioned Henry Ruggs, not really their problem, but obviously hangs over this franchise. Then you've got the the selections of Bowden and Muse and. Arnett and these other ones that were horrible, that went horribly wrong. Like all of these things that have gone on. And then the John Gruden, you know, controversy on top of it, which again, not the fault of the Raiders, but hangs over them. Like, I feel like Mark Davis's move would be just, let's just move on from this era. Like let's end this era and start something different. Um, that's what I think he would feel. But I don't know that. And and it's very positive. Like I said, if, if his belief from being around those guys is that Mac was doing a great job and Gruden wasn't doing a great job with drafting, maybe he does keep him around. But I, I would think that he'd be in a position to say it's time to move on from this whole era. Uh, shameless plug for Sunday because we do our all our preview stuff. I, I did a uh, year ender and the Raiders obviously took up, you know, the entire thing because of all the drama they've been in. You mentioned it, Arnett. Rugs, the draft they were questioned on, even Allegiant Stadium. Uh, we're seeing more and more empty seats, and we're seeing more and more out-of-town buyers come in and kind of take up the tickets, depending on the team they're in. Gruden, uh, I still think there's questions about Derek Carr in terms of if they resign him. Uh, talked to someone earlier this week and said if they do, you're looking at forty million a year. He would be that would be going rate right for Derek Carr in today's game. So of all of that, when you think of all of that, uh, Mark Bedane and uh, the other uh, CFOs and CEOs resigning because they're pay over, according to Mark Davis, overpayment of taxes that they can't recoup that money. So of all of that from the beginning to the end, I've got to be honest with you, if someone had told them, yeah, you got to win your last three, but you're seven and seven and it was before the season. I mean, I don't know if they think that was great, but after all that happened, the fact that they're still in week 16, a chance to make the playoffs, I'm not, I don't want to say it's impressive, but to me, it's a little surprising. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it is. Uh, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't, though. I mean, you say at the beginning of the season. What if you say after you're three and zero and riding high yes, and have yes. wins over, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and you know things are looking great for you? I mean, th- there are different points of the season where I think you would look at this differently. You know, you're five and two. You, you probably don't want to be at seven and seven. Um, but, and I, I feel like going back to the season, I, you know, I, I have to kind of recalibrate 
you know, what my thoughts were, because I know a lot of people around here in Vegas and around the Raiders had very high expectations that this was the year, you know, to to make a playoff run, that everything was in place, that all the draft picks had built up, that the the free agent guys that they brought in uh, had moved up to a different level, that, you know, a fourth year in the system with John Gruden uh, for, for Derek Carr was going to pay off. Um, the offensive line was a concern, but everything else, you know, with Gus Bradley and his defense, there was a lot of optimism. Um, so I think that there was a lot of optimism around the team and the franchise and the city, maybe, uh, and the fan base, that this was going to be a much better year. However, you go back and look in the sports books and – they threw up a six and a half as the win total. Like that was the that was the win total that was expected. I mean, it did move up eventually. There were some seven and a halfs out there, but you know, the, it opened six and a half, and that was kind of what was thought as this team as a last place team that would win six or seven games. Um, that was the you know the objective sports book look at them. So uh, I, I think that they're probably right around where you know the, the kind of the mean of opinions was, um, and then these last three games could go either way. I mean, this is a game that. You absolutely positively have to win. Uh, oh, no question yeah. about if they it. Don't that, win this, that's then it's not. Over. Well, I mean, that's not. I'm not talking about playoff picture even. I'm just saying for your franchise to even to say like this is a game. Like you, you can't lose at home to Denver when you have actual, you know, aspirations to do even more. Um, if you if you were to say go lose at Indianapolis or lose at home to the Chargers, right? At least you can look at that and say, okay, I mean, those are really good teams. That's going to happen. But, you know, if, if if this administration and this staff and, you know, I know everybody assumes the coaching staff is going to be gone, but like this group uh, wants to show that they belong here long term. Like this is a game you have to win. And so uh, we'll see how it turns out. And then that would give them eight and seven and, you know, potential you split the last two, you have a winning record. And I think that would be some progress, even though that's not what people want to see. Uh, OK, so we're two days out. Well, we're one day out from Christmas Eve. I know you love the holiday. Have you finalized? Have you finalized plans? I mean, is there a Christmas dinner involved with mom? Uh, have you trimmed the tree? Do you have a tree? I think I've talked about what? presents. Uh, I think I. <laughs> uh, any, I think the people out there they're they're waiting with bated breath on your Christmas plans. Uh, I'll be watching football. And nothing like a turkey or watching- ham. You're not going to come in and make make a nice meal. I actually have some friends that are going to be in town. I think we're uh, I think we can go out to a very nice steakhouse okay. after the games. Okay, sure, but it's it's going to be a normal Saturday. So when you wake up on Christmas morning, there's nothing abnormal about it. You just go and you turn on the television and you have your you have your breakfast. Well, I don't eat breakfast. I never have. Okay, um, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Sure, uh, but yeah, you just you wake up, uh, throw on. You know, like the Saturday morning cartoons or whatever you're going to watch. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, you throw in college football if it's football season or, you know, my usual Saturday mornings involve watching Premier League soccer. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I roll. What, I, I, what a life you lead. Um, I, I have a problem because, uh, you know, Christmas dinner is usually a big thing around here, but we all eat different things. Now, I've got two vegetarians. Uh, I've got a son who wants nothing but like 40-ounce prime rib. And uh, I'm I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't like a lot of meat, so I think we'll just end up with some capriottis if it's open. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. There's we got too many people now, dude. We, we got four people in here, and they all eat different things, and they all drink different things. Used to be so easy when they were young. Now they're old though, so and we still get them stuff for Christmas. Where you know, this is what happens when kids get older. The parents become more and more excited about it, and the kids become less and less excited because essentially sure. they're just waiting for the envelope with the cash in it. I mean, the presents there, they don't care about at all. So it used to be I actually had to sleep in my son's room because he wanted to be up at 4 a.m. Now 
when we serve Christmas dinner, they might not have already been up. They might, they might still be sleeping all day. So to me, um, I miss those times of it. So when I talk to you and someone who, you know, really doesn't celebrate anything, I feel, I feel bad. I think, you know, I want you to enjoy the, the holiday season and, you know, get something out of it other than watching football. Speaking of which, I want to ask you this because I saw Look, a story. There's that, nothing more enjoyable than watching NFL games. I, I got, I'll send you a few presents. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you this real quick because I saw this story this week about the college football playoff and you're a huge, huge Michigan guy. If there's yeah. an outbreak in the semis, they will forfeit it out. Can you imagine your reaction if Michigan, who finally got there, finally beat Ohio State, got to that game and they had COVID and had to forfeit and Georgia advanced? I'd actually be fine with it. Really? I'd rather lose that way than than lose on the field. <laughs> You'd rather have a COVID outbreak with the Wolverines? I'll, I'll have something to, to complain about for the next 30 years. <laughs> That's definitely what you. That's definitely what you look forward to. Uh, of course, you have a. I think we'll. No, it'll be the day before next week when we're on. When we're talking about that game, uh, any early prediction? You feeling good about this? I know you probably watched tape no. and watched film and know everything about Georgia, but it, you have any kind of good feelings about this? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, no, I think. First of all, I do think JT Daniels should be starting for Georgia, but it looks like uh, did he get COVID? I think so. Oh, did he get COVID? Um, Boy, that guy's had a lot of problems. I know. Um, I, I could just be spouting off about that too. Maybe I'm lying, but um, I thought he got COVID, which is crazy because he's the guy that should be. Yeah, he, he does. I just I just checked it out. He does. So I don't know if that would keep him out of the game, but it'll probably at least keep him out of practicing. So I don't know that he'll be the starter now, which is good um, because he, you know, he's been the backup all year. He probably should be starting. Right. They were exposed. They're exposed a little bit in their uh, uh, SEC championship game. Um, so you know, we'll see how how they play out on their side, but. Listen, Michigan is a uh, you know run heavy, but they have a little bit of a little bit of explosiveness in their game, especially late in the season in their offense. The defense is incredible. Um, I just think it's a tough matchup for them. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic that they cover and keep it close, and you never know what can happen then. But then um, we shall see how the Michigan playoff impacts the Raiders' decision because I do think there's a possibility Jim Harbaugh is in the conversation. That's absolutely right. Um, I want to do that next week. I want to break down with you next week. Uh, coaching candidates and who you think would be the best choice. Cause I agree with you. I think uh, Jim Harbaugh's name is going to be prominent. And I want to break down, like if, if Mayock's the GM, I assume he's going to lead the search and then bring Davis one or two finalists. That's usually how it works. So there's a lot to get to next week with the coaching search. And really next week, we'll talk to you about if the Raiders are still in the playoff hunt, because if they lose this week, it's not going to be that way. Merry Christmas to you, especially to mom, not really to you, but more to mom and the family. I think, yeah, thank you. And I think the Raiders win. Uh, okay. Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, I guess, if that's a thing. Yes. Um, yes. For normal, for yes. normal people. Yes. You say Merry Christmas to people. And to everyone else out there, yeah. I suppose. Yes. Um, enjoy your holiday, but more importantly, enjoy the games on Saturday. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by TickPick. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. You can also check out all our Vegas Nation game day while we preview the Raiders and Broncos. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you next week. Would you look at that? Damn, I look good.
What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.